You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. Praise God as you see it. Open your Bible once again, Isaiah chapter 55. Tuesday night, we spoke about releasing the miracle action of the Word of God. We see from Isaiah 55 verse 8, my thoughts, God speaking, are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As my ways are higher than the earth, the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And we saw how God spoke to Joshua when he was about to enter into the promised land and he said that he had given his word to Moses and he was calling Moses, was calling Joshua to follow after Moses. And as you recall, as I mentioned it, is that it was quite a huge following to come after. Moses was a powerful man of God <laughs> by any description. Uh, he was a man that would stand up in the face of an evil ruler and demand him face to face, let my people go without fear or concern because God had sent him. And then when the man refused Moses, all of a sudden, wild and crazy supernatural things started happening based on this man speaking. And then eventually he's driven out of Egypt, takes his people, and then crosses a sea on dry land, just spits the water. And then in the desert, feeds them with birds and manna from heaven and water out of a rock and walks up into the face of God while the mountain's on fire. The rest of Israel runs in fear. This young man watches this, stays close to him. And then Moses has now died and it's Joshua's job to take them in to the promised land. You imagine the legacy that you have to follow there. When last did I go to, you know, See opening school. I haven't done that course yet. I haven't done the seminar on how to speak to a rock. See, sometimes we can trust our education too much. We even have Bible college and it's good, but it's for the purpose of equipping ourselves with the Word of God. Study to show yourself approved. But there is no course to teach you how to walk on water. See, Joshua had to take the children of Israel into a land where he knows that 40 years ago they came back and saying there are giants in there. And God didn't say, don't worry, I've taken the giants out for you while you were away. You know, I kept you away for 40 years so I can clean the land up. Just go in and you'll find empty houses. No, he said, you will live in houses you've not built, drink from wells you've not dug, but you're going to have to go in and fight. You are going to face a fight. But be strong and of good courage. As I spoke to Moses, as I said to Moses, as I was with Moses, I am with you. You take that same word. What Moses told you, I'm not changing the plan. Take what he gave you, get it inside of you. Meditate it day and night. Make sure you understand what I've said. Make sure it's part of you. Don't say because Moses said. No, you need to meditate it. You get it down on the inside of you. Take that same word. And if you do it, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. 
See, the full power of God resides within His Word. He upholds all of creation by the power. No. By the Word of His power. The Word of His power. God's power is in His Word. You've got to get this. His Word's not in His power. The power is in His Word. The power is in the Word. Now, I said something on Tuesday. I don't have to clarify it here because I said that man wouldn't exist except by the Word of God. That Word of God has no power except by the man. Now, we understand that God doesn't need man. I just need to clarify what I meant there because you know when God put creation in place, there was no man. When he spoke, light be, there was power enough in that to create creation. What I did say, and I didn't put that in brackets afterwards, I just need to clarify, is that when he created the earth, he handed that dominion over to man. All of creation was put under man. Psalm chapter 8. What is man that you're mindful in, the son of man that you would visit him? For you've created him just a little lower than God, Elohim. I know you, some Bible say angels. The word is Elohim. Let Elohim said, let us make man. Create him just a little lower than God. You've ordained strength in babies and you made him to have dominion over all your creation. That's why man was put in the earth, to have dominion. So the moment God gave dominion, he placed the authority in the man. From that moment on, anything that happens in the earth had to be done through a man. That's why God said, I don't do anything unless I first speak to my prophets. That's, that's an astounding thing. I know religion has a hard time with this, but we're not religious. We are the kingdom of God's sons and daughters of God. Amen. You, you go read it. God, he comes, to, he comes to his man. He says to Abram, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, if there were 50 righteous, would you do that? God says, no. Nah. If there's 50, I won't. Okay, how about 40? No, no, no. If there's 40 people, I, I won't do it. 30? You see, Jewish people didn't come up with negotiating. That, that came out of their father, Abraham. He wasn't Jewish. He, he was going to give birth to the Jews eventually. I, that, that was your first negotiation right there. 30, uh, 20, uh, uh, 10. I don't know why he stopped at 10. Maybe he thought there's got to be 10 people there. But they weren't. But you notice God was holding back on the word of a man. Says to Moses, get out the way. I'm wiping Israel out. I'm done. I'm finished. I've come for it. I did everything I could. I got them free. And still I get this. That's it. I'm going to blow them off the planet. And I'm going to start with you again. And he gets up in the face of Moses and God and says, no, you not. How dare a man speak to God? It's a man who understands covenant. 
A man who understands covenant and God has obligated himself. That's not man being arrogant. He said, if you will hold my covenant, I will be with you. And the man says, well, how strong is that covenant? You telling me you're going to deliver your people out of Egypt to take them into a desert and kill them? What's the rest of the world going to say? What kind of God would do that? There's a boldness in this man. And the Bible says God repented. Now I know modern translations have changed that because we've got nervous. Now it's, he relented. <laughs> no, you see, repent doesn't imply sin. See, that's where we got the, because, uh, you know, we're all used to the old Pentecostal. Repent! Repent! God's going to get you. <laughs> you, know, you grew up with it. That's not what repent means. Now, it's included in that. In other words, what you were doing, stop doing and change direction. It doesn't mean what you're doing was wrong. Because you cannot accuse God of any wrong. He's a covenant God. And if you break covenant, he, out of his love, needs to keep the system accurate in order to get Christ into the earth. And no man's going to stop that. So when it says he repented, it simply means he had a decision and he was brought back to his covenant. And his covenant said, I do not change. That's by the time he gets to Malachi when he's about to go into a time of silence 400 years before Christ comes back and you hear from the first prophet John, you don't hear anything from God. Just before that, he sets his people up and he comes to them and says, you have turned against me. Your words have been harsh against me. And he says, I would have consumed you. But I am God who doesn't change. Therefore, you're not consumed. He's remembering what Moses told him. See that? It's that confidence that God has set you in his kingdom to be his voice. If you would take my word and believe me on my word, he uses words like, put me in remembrance. Put you in remembrance? You wrote the book. <laughs> if anyone should remember the Bible, it's you. Now what's he saying? I don't move in this earth until a man speaks. Because I gave it to man. If God just stepped in and pushed man aside, no, I'm, I'm going to fix this whole thing up. Where's God? Why doesn't he fix it? He'd be violating his covenant. He's placed that authority in you. Why has God not fixed my family? Get up and start speaking. He's given you his word. It's time to call on that word. So in that context, within the context of man in creation, 
God's word is useless. Now I mean that, now you understand the context. The word that carries the full power of God. How many you know a printed Bible lying on a page? How many, someone got a book Bible on a book Bible? You've all seen the movies. A priest goes in to, you know, cast out the devil and is looking like, and the head spins 360 degrees. And he goes, come on! And he holds the book up and that, this has no power. This is not the power that they're going to go, black book. Don't you know he laughs? He wrote that stuff. God didn't inspire that. Why? He wants you to think wrong things about it. Just splash water and now the person starts sizzling. Water doesn't make people sizzle. This is holy water. This is ink on a page. These words, you know, for most people, if I ask them, where's your Bible? They don't even know where it is. It's stuck at the back of a cupboard somewhere. This does, this got no power in it, nothing. Now, I know people, they get on, <gasps> the book. You put this with another pile of books and put it in the ground. You come back 20, 30 years, dig it up. It'll be as rotten as the rest of the other books. These words, it's a recording of what God said. But it has no voice to it. The only way this word's going to get voice in the planet is when you go and look at it. Read it. Get it up off the page into your heart and then activate your vocal cord and speak it. And when you speak it, it comes out your mouth with exactly the same power as when it was first delivered and written onto this page. Exactly the same power. So that's what I'm talking about. That word has no power until a man picks it up and speaks it. I wish God would do something in my life. Start speaking. What is it that you're desiring? Now, I want to get you to somewhere because we're talking about releasing the miracle action. You heard Dr. Dave say, if you understand the principles of the kingdom, you won't even need a miracle. Because if you can understand how the kingdom operates, you realize Jesus did not work miracles. I love the silence of religion. <laughs> Jesus, he did miracles. Oh, how, how, do you, how you would rather hear from Jesus than Pastor Allen? Don't be nervous. Yes, me too. I'll, I'm going to take Jesus before anything my pastor says. Because the only things I believe from my pastor is when he tells me what Jesus said. If he says something that violates the word, I'll turn it down just as quick. I'm, I mean, I love Apostle Theo. He is a man of God. And that's why I can follow him as he imitates Christ. But he knows just, he taught me. 
If I ever say anything that's against the word rejected, you make sure you study and go with the Bible. That's what he taught me. And I'm telling you the same thing. Amen. Why do you believe this at your church? Well, Pastor Allen says, wrong answer. (laughs) Go study it. Make sure it's in the book. Amen. That's why I give you so many scriptures. I heard a preacher one day, he got up and says, is it okay if we read so many scriptures? You're you're preaching. Give me a break. That's what I want. I want your opinion. I want what the word says. And you say amen to that. Let me ask again. How many of you would accept if Jesus said something is the truth? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth. John 14, verse 6. I am the way. Not an alternative. Not one of the ways. There's many ways that lead to God. Hallelujah. Someone once said to me, they used a name. They said, isn't that the same as your God? I said, one question, does your God have a son? It's just a different word, you know, it's just a different language. No, no, hang on. Does your, because you know, you can talk about a flower, but you've got different types of flowers. Does your God have a son? No, not the same God. Because the God of all creation, the one who spoke like be, did it through Jesus. But says, through Jesus, all things were created. He upholds all things by his word of his power. And he is the one that sustains everything. And if your God doesn't have that son in operation, you are worshiping a created being. And any created being not following the almighty is a demonic creature. That's a whole nother message. Don't get me sidetracked now. I am the way. There is only one way. I am the truth. Not an alternative, not a good idea, not a philosophy. The truth. The truth. Ah, it's all relative truth today, you know. It's my truth. No, there's only the truth. The truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if you had known me, you would have known the Father also. From now on, you know him and you've seen him. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. What did Jesus just say? He just said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've known me, you would have known the Father. So show us the Father, that'll be sufficient. And Jesus said, have you been with me so long and you've not known me? Hang on, what did Philip just ask? Show us the Father and you don't know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Yeah, but that's Jesus. Hang in there, tiger. You know there's more to come. (laughs) Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Let me see, how many of you born again? Can I see your hand? Keep that hand up and say, when I gave my life to Jesus, he came to live in me and I live in him. Is that right? 
And Jesus is in the Father. Amen. And the Father's in him. Amen. Now, I'm trying to figure that out with three dimensions. But let me just say this. If the baby is in the car chair, and the car chair is in the car, where would the baby be? You guys are shocked, quick. It's deduction. So the Father is in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. And Jesus is in you. And you in Jesus. And if you're in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father, where would you be? In the Father. And if the Father's in Jesus and Jesus is in you, where would the Father be? In you. So you're in the Father and the Father's in you. Now, if you want to write that down, get the tape. Okay, we don't do tapes anymore. The point I'm making Philip said, show me the Father. And Jesus goes, you're asking to see the Father? Look and see. Oh, I lost this side. Let me come. Jesus is in you. You're in Jesus. Jesus in the Father. The Father's in you. Jesus himself said, because I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. You want to see the Father? Look at me. Jesus, the Father's in you. Okay, I'll give you another shot. <laughs> Go for it. That's out of the words of Jesus. See, this is where I said, God's ways are higher than our ways. He was saying, oh, you're bringing God down to your level. No, he's inviting you up. He wants you walking in his capacity. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, the Father in me? The words, the words, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Have you did English at school? One of the things they teach you is the subject must agree with the object and all the adjectives and everything must line up. You don't change thought mid-sentence. Amen. <laughs> I love it. It's just, you know, part of who we have when we married our wives. But I don't know if other men have the same issue. The wife will walk into the room. My wife. I'm saying the wife because I'm sure other men experience it. By the way, she said that she won't be able to come this afternoon, but... She, this afternoon... Hello. <laughs> they decided on the blue one. They decided on the blue one. Now, come on, guys, look at me with that tunnel. Back me up, yeah. You, your brain's going, rewind, 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 blue one, blue one, which one, which one, who one, which one, where one? <laughs> Pastor David, thank you. But what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Jesus is saying, listen to what he said. Go back for me. 
The words. What's the subject? I just said it. <laughs> you, you did English at school. I'm not going to do an English lesson. I don't have time to do that now. <laughs> Come on, catch up with me. The words. Subject. Isn't that right? I speak to you. So far in agreement. I don't speak. What? Words. But the Father who dwells in me, He. You would expect the words that I speak, I don't speak of my own authority. It's the Father in me who speaks the word. That would, that would be good English. Subject, object, everything's in agreement. Sentence. Has Jesus forgotten grammar? No. He knows exactly what he's saying. He upholds all things by the word of his power. The power is what does the work. So if the power is doing the work and the power is in his word, the word is what's doing the work. You're talking about the works I'm doing, but you've got to understand, you're not watching me as Jesus doing works. I'm speaking words. And when I speak words, it's the Father who's released in that word. And that word is what is doing the work. It's the Father in me doing the work. How? Through the word that I spoke. So we don't turn around anymore saying, well, that's Jesus. Because here he's saying it's the word that the Father is reacting to. Come on now, you've got to catch up. Stay with me because I'm taking you to a place where you are going to work miracles. Listen to this. Believe me, I'm in the Father the Father's in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, now when Jesus says most assuredly, you know, it's like people say, walk and they say, can I be honest with you? I go, weren't you up till now? <laughs> Everything else was a lie. Now you've been honest. So when Jesus says truly, truly, I'm telling you the truth. What's he saying? It's not everything else wasn't true. It's I'm about to say something and I want you locked in before I say it. I'm going to say something that's going to tilt you. Your brain's going, no way. But I'm setting you up. Listen, switch on your believer. You ready? He who believes in me. Let me see, is there anyone here? You believe in Jesus? Bump your name and say, look at that. You're in the book. That's you. That's me. You can put your name there. Alan. I'm telling you, Alan. Write your name in there. The works. You say miracles. The works that I do. Alan will do also. 
No, we just sorted out whoever believes. Is that you? Say, I believe. Jesus said that if I believe in him, the works that he did, I will do also. And greater works than these will do because I go to my Father. Has Jesus gone to the Father? Then he's already established the greater works. Now watch this. And whatever, 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 whatever. Now how many of you are looking at your Bible? Are there any brackets behind there? Whatever except for? Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Notice he says here, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are spirit and life. It's the Father in me who does the work. The work, power is in the word. Now Jesus saying, if you take those same words and you speak them, the same Father will do the same work. The same work. You don't get Jesus category miracles and then the believer miracles. What qualified Jesus to do what we call miracles? We only call it miracles because we have struggled to describe it using natural reasoning. But where Jesus is concerned, for him it doesn't violate any laws. It may not fit with current understood physics laws. How you know physics is still catching up in a lot of areas? Things we understand today weren't understood even a hundred years ago. Just because we can't describe it using the laws, the natural laws that we understand today, doesn't put it in the realm of miracles. God doesn't call it a miracle. I know it's recorded in the Bible, he did many miracles, but that's from a human's perspective of writing. Jesus called it works. He had no problem with speaking to a dead man to come out the grave. For him, it wasn't a miracle. I'm bringing him out today. Come. And he had to say, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he just said, come forth, every grave would have burst open because Jesus knew that if he spoke, what he says happens. How do you believe that what you say happens? Now watch out now because sometimes, you know, we, we say things. My feet are killing me. You know, I'm sure you don't want to die of dead feet, man. It's like... <laughs> we have to watch what we're saying. Yeah, but that's Jesus. You know, look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God. Now, the Greek word there for imitator is Strong's number 3402 for those who want to write it down. 3402, it's the Greek word mimetes. 
which is translated an imitator. Mimetes, it's the word that we get mimic from. Mimic. Okay, everyone mimic me. Some of you put your other hand up. <laughs> this is my right hand. See, that, that could be also a reason why we don't see the miraculous, because, wow, let's mimic me. Well, on the right or left, doesn't matter. Mimic means you copy exactly. Mimic? Okay, what's happening? You're following me. Is that right? Now, was that disrespectful? I asked you to. God says, mimic me. Mimic me. Imitate me. If you've seen me do something, I've placed in you the capacity to do the same thing. Imitate God. Amen. John chapter 3 verse 21 says, He who does the truth, he who does the truth, comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they've been done in God. See, family God, when people watch my life, for example, I mean, you, you just see miracles all over the place. Things are happening. Everywhere I go is favor, man. It's like the word says favor surrounds you as a shield. I walk into some places, people are already saying, yes, what's the question? Uh, it, it, doors just fly open, things happen. If I lay hands on people, they get better. My wife can pull out a hospital. The doctor says it's done, it's over. Come say goodbye, uh-uh, you're coming home. And you know, how is that possible? I'm just Alan Bag. Alan Bag has no power. What's the difference? How come things like that happen? Why is it that I can say something? And it happens. I haven't changed Alan. Alan Bag can't do it. I believe that when I gave my life to Jesus, the Alan Bag died. And Christ came to live within me. And I chose to believe Matthew 6 verse 33. That if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness... All these things, all these things, all these things, everything that everybody's looking for, wanting, desiring, will be added to me. I didn't change who I am. I changed my outlook. I changed my purpose. I chose to put my eyes on a living God. And if he said all things are possible, they are possible. With God, nothing is impossible. And so I've just learned to speak. And someone's, well, I don't see how that's going to happen. That could be why you haven't seen the miraculous. Because you haven't seen it. Or you don't accept it. Family of God, I truly believe that I can believe for anything. Someone says, well, has that happened? Have you got everything you wanted? Now, there are some things I said stupid that I'm glad I didn't get. That was just mercy in operation. Thank God for grace. But as I've learned to become more accurate in my speaking, I've seen far more power operating. I want you to notice something here. We don't have to work the Word of God. We just put pressure on it. The Word of God is living. 
Hebrews 4 verse 12, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints of marrow and is a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. John 6 verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. God's word is life. That's why I said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, you've seen well, I am ready to perform my word. King James says, I'm watching over my word. God is waiting for his word to be spoken. When his word is spoken, he always reacts. Come have a look at this. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, look at verse 22. Immediately Jesus made, underline that word, made. He didn't ask, he didn't suggest. He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. What's he told them to do? Get in your boat, go to the other side. In Jesus' mind, they're already on the other side. He made them go, okay? While he sent the multitudes away, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water to you. And Jesus said, Peter, 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 I, I, I'm Jesus, I'm, I do these things. Uh, no. And what did he say? Jesus said, come. And Peter came down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and Beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, see, I told you. No, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, there's a lot hidden in there. Jesus walking on the water. They're afraid. And Jesus said, calm down, everyone. It's me. So Peter says, if it's you, tell me, come. Now, family of God, what do you think is the importance of walking on water? What's going to be achieved by that? Is it some weird thing God wants to Demonstrate, is it something that's going to change his church? Is it 
There's, there's no purpose to walking on water. So why would Jesus say come? Why would he say come? Guys, I'm almost there just hanging. I'm going to get in the boat soon. Peter said, if it's you. That squared Jesus into a corner. All he had to say, is it me? Yes, it is. The man said, if it's you, tell me, come. It is me. I'm obligated to answer him. He said, if it's you, tell me, come. It is me. So my answer is then, yes, it is me. And the only way I can say, yes, it's me, is what you qualified it. You said, if it's you, say, come. It is me, so I have to qualify that. So then my only way to do this is, come. There's no yes buts with Jesus. There's no maybes. There's no think about what you just said. There's no alternative. If you said it, if you said, if it's me, say, come, I have to say, come. So Peter gets out the boat and he starts walking. Get all of that. A man walking on water. Never mind Jesus. There we go. Yeah, that's Jesus. No, this is Peter. Peter's now walking. Now, how hard does Peter have to work to stay up there? Is he going zzzt, 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 zzzt? He's busy solidifying the water as he goes. Make, make water solid, make water. Is he doing that? He's walking. So who's working? Why is that water changing its molecular structure to support him? Didn't say he floated. He walked. Solid, clunk, clunk on water, H2O. There has to be something happening at a molecular level. But why is that happening? Why? Who's doing that? Who's doing the work? Jesus told us. The Father does the work. So God is making that happen. But on what basis? A man said, come. There's no reason for it. There's no other alternative. There's no end goal here. A man said to another man, come on the water. And the father had obligated himself that if a man would speak out of a heart of faith, boom, he would bring that word to pass. And the other man's walking. Next moment, now notice, just before that, it already said the wind was boisterous. The wind didn't come up now that the man's on the water. That's sometimes what we think. He's walking, and next moment the wind comes up. No, it was already boisterous. But you notice, he didn't see that at all. It's only when he got out there, he's like, Jesus! Now he's looking at the wind and the waves. And he began to sink. Now, that's different to he sank. How many of you ever jumped into a pool? You don't begin sinking. You know what sink is. You jump in, you go straight down. Isn't that right? Begin to sink. It's like you're walking. You don't, it's begin to sink. He's starting to go down. He's slipping. He has enough time to speak. 
Lord, save me. Now, listen to Jesus' response. You of little faith. We sometimes think that faith was too weak because that's our idea of little. The word used there for little is the Greek word. It doesn't mean small. It's a time-based word. Duration. Short burst. You have a short burst of faith. Why did you doubt? It wasn't the water. It wasn't the waves. Do you think if the waves aren't blowing, you can walk on water? Go try it. Find a nice quiet day, glass top lake, and go and try walk on it. No, that had no bearing on it. The wind, the waves had no bearing on it. Doubt was the thief. Why did you doubt? You have the faith. You're walking. But you let circumstances get inside of you. They are outside until you allow them in. You let the winds speak to you louder than my come. Come got you out here. Now the problems come and that's talking to you louder. And what happened to that first burst of faith? Why did you doubt? That was the thief. But you notice the moment the man said, save me, Jesus immediately brings his faith to the level of that faith. If that's your level of faith, I'll even grab you there. That's not his best. His best was not even to walk on the water. I personally believe the best wasn't even to walk on the boat. Jesus didn't say he's coming to their boat. He was going to the other side. He's walking past the boat. Hey, guys, you want to come with me? And Peter said, I want to come with you. Come, let's go. His best would have been to keep walking. But the man crumbled at the circumstance. But you notice the compassion of Jesus? He met him in his faith. Lord, save me. I'll get you. And you notice they walked back to the boat. He didn't carry him back. Came right back up and said, just keep your eyes on me now. Just stay with me. We'll get you to the boat. Family of God, you may feel insufficient. You may think, I'm not Jesus. You may even think, I'm not Pastor Allen. I wish I had faith like Pastor Allen. If you've heard what I've said, you have exactly the same faith. The difference is, I've learned I'm ready to walk. If he said, come, I'm going. I'm going. I don't care what happens. I don't care what winds come. I don't care what storms come. I'm staying with the word of Jesus. If he said, lay hands on the sick, I'll lay hands on the sick. What if they don't get up? That's not my problem. I don't know how to work a person into healing. I do know how to put hands on them and believe he said, if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. The word has to go to work. I work the Word, the Word does the work. God in me, the Father in me is the one doing the work. How? Through the Word that I release. Peter should have done exactly what we've been taught to do now. Is if a contrary thought comes, take that thought captive. I refuse that thought. I don't accept that thought. Yes, I may have a storm. Yes, people are saying other things. Yes, different religions are saying different things. But I know it is written. God has spoken. He has given His Word. If I said it, will I not do it? I back up my own Word. I exalt my Word higher 
better than my own name. I am watching over my word to perform it. Is there a people that dare to take my word and speak my word as the truth? And I will back it up. I will make sure everything I've given as a promise, not one word will fail, not one tittle will pass away until all that I have said comes to pass. Come on, stand to your feet and give Jesus praise for his word. Hallelujah. See, this is where people misunderstand faith. As were the faith people just all telling God what to do. No. Religion's been trying that. God tells you, I have said it. I sent my word for purpose. I sent it for a reason. It will accomplish the thing I sent it for. Amen. Amen. He's just looking for people that would believe that. You know, God's greatest desire is to be believed. Not even to be worshipped. We were born, we were made to worship God. That's not in the Bible. Worship was ordained to silence the enemy. That's Psalm 8 again. Praise was made to silence the enemy. Now I do worship God in thanksgiving. I come into his courts with praise, his gates with thanksgiving. Amen. We do that. We, We come to worship God. That's not God. God gets no, he enjoys it, but when it's coming out of a heart of belief. Just singing doesn't please him. Faith pleases him. Amen. God's greatest desire is to be believed. Family, don't try to work it out. Uh, There's many miracles. If I stood here now, we'd take another hour just in some of our testimonies. But one thing I have learned, many, 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 the majority, there's sometimes I do, I know, I can see the inner workings, I see what God's doing, and I can, in some it gives me instructions to go do, and the result of that is, and someone can do well, if anyone did that, it would have done the same thing. I get that. But you get into a realm where things happen, and you look back, and you know, <laughs> I would not have thought of that. Uh, I, I would not. I, I had a whole nother way that this thing could be done. But all I did is I learned, put the word out and just keep praising. Just keep praising. Just keep praising. Keep praising. Just keep praising. Keep praising. Keep praising. When Janine was stuck in ICU, I had taken all the scriptures I knew. I'd made all the confessions I knew. There's nothing more for me to do. I'm not going to find one more verse that might work. It's not like if I say the verse one more time, God's up there going 357, 358, 359. And then I, ah, this isn't working. God goes, one more, one more. And she would have been healed and you gave up now. No, it's not on the repetition of our confession. That's not what moves God. We, we repeat word in order to renew our minds, to get the word down in our spirit. 
But when I'd done all the confessing I knew, when I'd reached the end of my tether and the enemy was still bombarding me with fear, still hitting me with the spirit of, of grief, still hitting me with all the plans and you're going to start planning funerals and you're going to be looking at insurance and, and then words like, how do you ever get up and preach faith again? You know, where, where was your God at that time? You've got to combat those thoughts. Those are everything. That's the wind and the storms and I had to take it captive. And the only way I knew to do that, the way you silence doubt, the way you silence unbelief is to lift your hands and praise and just thank God and worshiping. I would just spend hours worshiping, just worshiping. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Your word is yes and amen. You're watching over. I don't know how to get out of ICU. You're the only one that can do it. And I've sent your word. I've returned it full of faith. I've done what you said. The word is yours. You watch and praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. What happened? That word was working. And the day came when I got the phone call from Janine and I answered it and without even a, you know, normally it was, oh, doll, and she could hardly speak and I was speaking on her behalf. I was interceding and, and thank God for that mercy that even when someone can't speak, she was just like, Jesus, Yes, but she couldn't confess. And I was doing that for her. And the day came when I looked in the phone and I, I won't go through Old Testament, but it was like a delayed call. And eventually I got a hold of her and, I, and, I, and I'm wondering where she is. And as she comes on FaceTime, she looks in the camera and says, Get me out of here. Full voice. Don't tell me word of faith is some kind of religion or that sect or whatever. That's the only thing that'll ever deliver you, family, is the Word of God spoken in belief. Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen, amen. Lift your hands and say, Today I heard the Word of God. That Word brought faith to my heart. I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's Word, I'm also a doer. From this day on, I choose to obey God's word. If he said it, I believe it. I will not be caught short on my faith. No matter what waves come, no matter what circumstances happen, no matter how bad the wind looks, I'm going to stay. God, you said. God, you spoke. I believe it. I believe it. Even when the enemy comes and says, yes, but what about this one? What happened over there? I refuse those thoughts. I don't care what happened to anybody else. I don't care what's happening to me. I know your word carries your full power. And I'm speaking your word. That's the only thing you're going to get out of these lips is what you said. I'm going to keep that alive, keep declaring it, keep speaking it, keep worshiping you. And I know that word is at work, changing my circumstance, getting me to where God needs me to be. Your word is carrying me. And I praise you for that word in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.